Welcome to the Front Porch Theology Podcast. I'm Heather, your host, and I'm here with... Jeremy. And Will. And... I'm Steven. Hey, we have a special hey, guest today. We do. So, I didn't even know we had four microphones. I, I was I'm, shocked, shook when I come in here. Yeah. Shaken. Shaken. Shookin'. So what happened? I mean, why has Baker never been over here with us? You know, all the times been, we try he, to... He's been he on the podcast. He's yeah. here. I, with all four of all three of us, however many there are of us. Well, well, he, well, he did something inappropriate. It was removed from a platform. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you want to go fired. there? What? Hey? what? I didn't say anything. I just said he was removed. Have you Wait, ever? Why do you feel so personally attacked? By yeah. That, Heather? Is that is that happened to you recently? <laughs> it has indeed happened to <laughs> really? me. Really? That's happened to you what? like five days ago. Is it, were you cussing wow. again? Did you go? Listen. Had you no. Apparently, you can say all the cuss words you want. You can flip somebody the bird as much as you want, but well. you cannot threaten to kill your brother on Facebook. Oh, well, that's fine. Listen, I thought, I thought this was America. Right? I, yeah, I thought this Facebook's was the land of the free. trigger words. I tried to dispute it. And I said, hey, that's my brother. I threatened to chop him up in pieces all the time. <laughs> and they're like, I was like, I was just referring to my job because we were talking about my, you know, how it's funny. You should appeal to Mark people to Zuckerberg. Yeah. Like Paul appealed to Caesar. I tried. <laughs> Take your case as high as it can go. Apparently, where, when it's your third offense, they don't care. So I've never been third offense. This is, this is church discipline. <laughs> 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 It's getting out of line. Heather. By the way, I want to make a remark. I want to be nice to Heather. I like your head covering today. You That's a very nice head oh, it covering. It is a nice head it's I like, like Stephen's head covering, too. Yeah. And Will's. I yeah. wish you would cover your head. Without a head covering. Yeah. Put your head on. Baker's got one. There we go. Jamie's like got it. one. Everybody's got head coverings. Yeah. So. <laughs> Jamie. Jamie. Yeah. Jamie this checks is, this is the Jamie version. Yeah, there's a story That's behind the devil's that. advocate yeah. right there. So um, we do have a guest. We didn't start our start out our uh, podcast with a guest the way we normally do. Normally, yeah. Jeremy's not here. Uh, for those of you who know, when we have a guest, uh, Jeremy's usually not allowed to interact or with me. our guests. That's usually you're always on this. Okay, you have there said there was one time you were on with a guest, and that's because it was a Jeremy's counselor. And Jeremy needed to get that session, and he need, he had That's a schedule right. conflict. Yeah. So we, yes. So I pitched in a little <laughs> on that. his copay because it benefited. He no, there was both. two. There was two. One was Shelly, and then one with you, you and Olivia. Oh, you were on one with me and Olivia. Yeah, I was. It was about women's ministry, and I was on there. And you said, "Damn what what latest books are you read?" And you were mocking me. And you said you asked me what women's really books good impression, I read. I actually way. had one. Yeah, wasn't that good? Was spot you on probably impression. thought everyone that was listening that was not Heather. That, that was, was actually me. Jeremy. Yeah. Okay, well, anyway, when we have a guest on, we usually uh, do a better introduction of our guest. So yeah. today we have our dear friend and uh, brother in Christ with us today, Stephen Ray. How are you, Stephen? I'm doing really well. I apologize, Stephen. Um, I feel like this is the norm. I, there's no way else we're really to be sorry. initiated. Welcome to the front porch. This man. is what happens when all three of us are here. It's That's true. Push, pull. Well, Jeremy told me, he was like, if we're all four there, I it's, feel like it's going to be too chatty It's chaotic. Cathy. It's chaotic. Yeah, it's it truly is. Is. Usually away. it's Jeremy and I. Like, Jeremy and I get distracted easily. Mm-hmm. And I try to rein them in when it gets too serious or, like, too inappropriate. But it's usually Jeremy and I, like, the ones who, like, <laughs> well, act out. Those are the and tendencies. Too serious or too <laughs> inappropriate. Yeah. It's too much or seriously inappropriate. <laughs> or that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good Lord. So uh, today we brought Stephen on, not just specifically, it just happened to be the topic we wanted to cover. Um, so we want to talk about attractional church. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. This will be fun. So who wants to give me a definition of what oh the attractional church is? I'll do it. Maybe have Jamie Google it. All right. Got us. it. Ready? 
Jamie's on it today. Jamie, go ahead and pull that up on the Jamie pulled this up while I was driving, or she was driving. Um, So, (laughs) (laughs) attractional church um, is a term to refer to a way of doing church ministry whose primary purpose is to make Christianity appealing. So, mm. Christianity's already appealing. Yeah. We don't need to make it Christ appealing. Christ alone. Yeah. Okay. It's a great need, need, That's it. Needing good, grace good is very, very appealing. <laughs> okay. So, so uh, you know what? I think I'm going to play devil's advocate on this Ooh. episode. Ooh. The devil needs no advocate with <laughs> I might, I might put that on for the first time. Okay. Let's see, let's see what you got. I think, um, I think elements of attraction in the sense of things that draw people into the family of God can be really good. Um, in the same way that um, you know any any entity that wants to draw people to them um, is going to show the benefits of that entity, and so any way that I think I think where attractional ministry gets wonky and and just like kooky is when it's like is when it's goofy and it doesn't highlight the benefits of the church. So like one thing, one example that just comes to mind is an attractional ministry of the church could be the church's provision for. Her members um, and like we do a lot of benevolent stuff at New Heights and so our church helps pay bills for people and stuff and one of the things we always say when we assist people outside the church is hey if you if you're a part of the church like there's no questions asked there's no denials like we just pay bills for people in the church because they're a part of the family of God um, and I think that that should be an attractional thing that that sounds really nice to be a part of a family of people who love God and love each other and, pay and take care, and pay my bills for me, take care of me, right? That's an attractional thing. Um, one of the, one, I think one of the attractional things about New Heights is that we, we preach verse by verse through books of the Bible. We've had a lot of people say that that's like what attracted them to our church because they wanted a church that went verse by verse through the Bible rather than just like the pastor's opinion or whatever. And that's a that's a good thing to be known for. Like I'm I'm happy with that that's attraction. Typically not what's meant though. Yeah, right. In fact, I'm going to put a link I, in the notes of what people typically think. I of. bet you will. No, I mean, like, oh can we God. just look to the old days of New Heights to Baker see what that is? Ooh, that's good. I was going pretty extreme with like a dunking contest and like dancing refs. Yeah. yeah, but I, I feel like we, we were we were a lot more attractional whenever we first started. We were than yeah. we are now, and whether times shifted or cultures evolved, I got old. That was part Will of it. got old. I got more gray in my got beard. Boring. Yeah, so it would be cool. You got anymore. less attractive, is what it is. So let's so. back yeah. up for you a can't second. Can't be attractive when you're I, 35. If I rem- <laughs> if I remember correctly, back in the day, New Heights used to uh, meet at uh, April Dawn Park at the Giovanni's. Yeah, and then at the when. pre-K. So there's nothing attractional about the ministry at Giovanni's. So, so explain, Stephen, when you say that it, that New Heights used to be attractional or more attractional, let's say, what, what do you mean by that? I'm curious. The biggest thing I remember, as far as attractional, is like getting people that wow factor. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, to hell with religion was yeah. was quite a wow factor. Yeah. Where you're like. Okay, I want to go see what that was. Or I yeah, even think like things even, that were intentionally like we we tried to be intentionally shocking. Or like correct me if I'm up. wrong. Like the corn maze, doing a haunted corn maze as a yeah, church is right. yeah. is attractional. It's kind of weird from the outside. You're like a church shouldn't be doing that. And and if I'm not even wrong, I'm pretty sure the slogan for one year was like. We'll scare the hell out of you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it was I think, like I think we'll come around like, yeah, church should was, not do. Where was corn I? Mass. That oh, no, I stand, for that. I stand by the scare the hell out of people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those were good days. Those oh, are exhausting boy. days. Yeah, exhausting. I think the the shirt and the term jacked up center use that a lot is even like something that can be an attractional thing. That phrase I, is well, it? I thought that was like offensive to people. <laughs> 
Well, I and think people it can like be both. I think it yeah. can be both. I think yeah. you have two groups of people. Yeah. Um, so, so, so sometimes uh, I don't think attraction is wrong into itself because truth and vulnerability and these things that are biblical can be attractive to Christians because they they want what's hopefully what's true and everlasting. But when I, how do we discern between the good attraction and the the bad the distractions? So when I think I think when we talk about attractional ministry, the one of the biggest things is in play is emotion. So like. Jeremy, you don't like emotion, like at all. I like some. He and, does. He has more emotion. He likes emotion better than you do. Right? No, he doesn't. Are you kidding? He talks to me more about his emotions and than you counsel. do. No, no, I he talk to him too. He just him? doesn't listen. No, I tell him things all the time. He just just blowing on the phone. Calm down. You're getting mad. I'm like, so, excuse me. I'm you're sorry. yelling. Where's the emotion. The mic is clipping. See, there you go. Calm down. Look at him. Yeah. Calm down. No, like he loves emotion in the counseling room, but in the in a worship service, he's like, ah, don't get emotional. I'm weird. A little too, little no, too I don't Pentecostal. Think so. I am weird about the expression of emotions, and I'm I'm weary of emotional manipulation. Why? Without I'm curious because it happens all the time. Emotional manipulation. manipulation? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. it, so with it, that's you that's, have hijacked. No, I haven't. The that's, podcast as the no, host. The, part of the attraction. Well, he asked me a question. Part of the attractional aspect uh, of of churches, uh, what they do. I think what I think they oftentimes emotionally manipulate someone. No, I agree with that. Yeah. There's a, there's a totally. lot of emotional manipulation that happens. Totally. Maybe you're even Are you feeling attacked like, right now. Are you going to leave? He's about yeah. to be attacked. I'm, I'm about to strike him. Oh, you know what? Okay, guys, I'm sorry. I'm leaving. I'm leaving. I, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> trying to smack well, that one. Me too emotional. Good. You're really <laughs> too emotional. Oh, oh my, my god. god. He's really. He, he actually just left. What's okay. his name? Jalen down the hallway. Jalen. Janitor's keys. All right, well, now that he's gone. Now that Jeremy's gone, the, we can calm down a little bit. Well, now that he's gone, I'll actually say I really do appreciate his skepticism. Um, <laughs> because I'm, I'm a little more hype and emotional in, in worship services and church gatherings. Yeah. And so I think it is good to have a balance in these things. I think going too far either direction can be can be dangerous. So let's. Uh, I want to back up a little bit. So to me, when I hear the words attractional, I don't necessarily think about, like, the things that Stephen mentioned from the early days of New Heights. I think about, like, the band, the building. Um, you think of, like, big churches. See, I think of, like, missio- there's, like, missiological approaches, yeah. you know, as far as, like, how do yeah. I reach people, which, you know, that's where my mind goes. But then there's also mm-hmm. that interior part, yeah. which you're talking about in your liturgy, I guess, or the way you do things. And definitely your heart can get, you know your heartstrings can get pulled in a way that can be manipulated by music. Uh, yeah. You know, I think Jeremy was even joking with me last Sunday about the, the synthesizer. He doesn't yeah. like the... Yeah, wah, wah, wah. Right. yeah. Right. I'm that. fired. Yeah. That was... This is good. This happens all the time. Jeremy and I answer the phone all the time. I thought I had it down, so... Yeah, it's okay. This is the first and last time you'll be on the podcast. Yep. <laughs> We're going to cancel uh, you. One shot. Cancel culture. So, so I think... I think sorry, the Well, the, I think the emotional... Uh, aspect of worship is good and redeemable um but i think if if our goal is to get people to like commit to something by manipulating their emotions then we're not approaching ministry in a proper way yeah that's so true. so i i think there there's probably a fine line between um manipulation and um encouragement for people to actually feel what they believe um and this is a conversation Jeremy, you know, walked out, but this is a conversation I've had with Jeremy and our other pastors a lot is how can we encourage people to actually feel genuine feelings in 
excuse me, in our like Sunday gatherings, but also like not manipulate them into feeling things so that we're not manufacturing their emotion for them. And, um, well, and, and it's, you can it's a tough balance. Either react to something or respond to something. Mm-hmm. And so I think if, if you're manipulative in your approach or you're trying to be attractional in a way that draws out the emotions, I think you can get a, You can stir up a reaction. But, you know, for us, like what we want to do, I would say we're, we're reformed in our thinking to think that if the gospel has to be present, mm-hmm. the gospel must be present and we must respond to what God's word is saying. That's like, especially with like worship songs. I mean, I hate the term even like, you know, let's worship. I mean, like your worship yeah. was with your life. Right. Uh, I mean, like being consumed by God um, every single day, um, but also, you know, carrying that out on Sunday as well. Right. So... There is, I believe there's also a fine line between attractional and distractional. Distractional. Did you just make that word up? I think so. I like it. You made that I've up. Been distractional. I've been trying to say it all day. And I'm like, Jason, is that the right word? And he's like, uh-huh. And just turn, shut the door and don't listen to me. So so let's talk about I think how, New Heights has a, a good distractional ministry. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say. Um, I came in I'll to say. one of the, I'll, the, one of the things that I'll here, agree here. to. I was I was rolling in hot on two wheels earlier, and I about took Baker out because he was emptying a bucket full of water. That's a distraction right there. Uh, Why was he emptying a bucket of water? You know, we got a couple leaks. leaking from the roof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a distractional tactic right there. Uh, no, I I think that's um, so. Well, nothing kills attractional ministry like like reality. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. and you can't and plan I, for it. Right. It's like, and so I actually think it's like really beautiful. Like we've talked about, um, like even in liturgy sometimes, like I had a family over at my house recently and, um, and one of the guys was like, how do y'all get the pulpit up on stage? Cause we got that big old wooden pulpit and, and he like, we move it during like in our liturgy, we have a fellowship time and we just move it during that. Well, he's like shaking people's hands. So he didn't it's see like it. All of a sudden yeah. And he's like, man, you guys have manufactured this really well. And I was like, maybe we don't need to be so sneaky about it, you know, but, um, but I just thought it was funny, but like, we'll have things like that that work out. And, um, and it's, th- there's a difference between like, um, really like planning well and trying to manipulate people. But then even if you plan your liturgy and your services really well, there's going to be things that you can't account for screaming babies or the roof leaking. I mean, like one of the leaks we have in our building is like right on stage. Yeah. And when it rains really hard, it, it comes down in the baptistry and it's like a waterfall and it's like super distracting and it sucks, but that's just, that's just a problem we have to deal with. And so like when, when reality hits, then the, the thing you try to manufacture just goes out the window. And sometimes I think that's really good. Um, like I, I've, I've, you know, picked up kids before when they like walk up to the front of the room when I'm preaching, you know, things like that. I think, I think a dose of reality is actually good and it's, it's okay to not be so planned out and scripted and perfect in no, our execution. Like, for whatever reason, we want to hide our, our, we don't want to be vulnerable or yeah. we don't want to appear weak or that we don't know what we're doing. Um, you know, I remember, you know, even in my times in, in ministry at New Heights and then even in multi-site, just trying to take care of every single little detail. And th- even those details would consume you to a fact mm-hmm. where you, you forgot why you even came here. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so a, a good thing becomes a bad thing mm-hmm. um, because your your focus is, is completely off. And I think it's, it's insane for us to try to make something better whenever Christ has already made us whole. Yeah. Like that's, that's what good. our focus is. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah, perfectionism is a, is a heck of an idol. And um, so, yeah, if we're chasing perfectionism in 
ministry um, where we really run the risk of overshadowing the gospel with with our performance or you know execution of ministry and so um, that's an idol that needs to die but for that idol to die it doesn't mean you need to be careless about right. about production or about how you do things and so like I don't think you want the pendulum swinging too far either way you don't want to just like because I've been a part of churches that they plan nothing they just like roll in they're like well okay we're all here who wants to say something and I'm like I don't know that that's necessarily sure. the best thing either those are dangerous I've services. seen that go south real quick real quick yeah um, so I want to talk about, uh, I, by the way, my main reason for just not letting anyone say anything at church is because Heather's usually there and that could get, you never know what she'll say on Facebook. You know, that's really offensive. His wife is a good lady. Huh? And she would never no, say anything. No, not Steven's Heather. You. I, was, I wasn't talking about Steven's Heather. Well, I'd let Steven's know, Heather. Turn around on my Heather. Yeah, I'd let Steven's Heather talk however much she wanted. But, Shut your mouth. But that's, listen, that's why if, I'm only allowed to if do Mark the Zuckerberg won't like let you speak, four months. what's that say? Yeah, if Mark Zuckerberg won't let you speak, then I don't know that you should be speaking be in the quiet. church. <laughs> We're on the podcast, maybe. <laughs> this is terrible. I should not take a side so much. I'm, I'm just kidding, Heather. Keep it I'm up. I'm just kidding. Keep I'm going to get up. Jeremy back. You're going to get the words, and they're not going to be edited or muted. Cost mm-hmm. Baker. Well, they probably will get edited. <laughs> yes, they will. So, <laughs> Take it um, easy. I want to talk for Settle just a down. second. Um, you know, we talking about um, how attractional church can is to meet the needs uh, to get people in the doors. You'd mentioned earlier about how um, you know we could have a ministry for everything. You mm-hmm. could have a million ministries, and. Um, I remember a conversation that you had with a bunch of ladies who were interested in doing women's ministry when I first came here. And that was something you said, like, we can't just be having, like, you can't just schedule events and do whatever you want. Like, it needs to go through me because we're not going to, like, we're not going to have a gathering and an event for everything just to try to draw people in and get them here and stuff. Mm -hmm. But um, I want to talk a little bit more about that. Like, do you see... um, when there is a church that is trying to bring people in, like, is there a line? Like, what is what is okay and what isn't? I mean, obviously there is. You know, doing something crazy is not. Um, yeah, I mean, that just makes that church look bad. There's to, a part in which I which I've matured a little bit in like ministry strategy, but there's a part of me that like has kind of held on to some of the. I, I do want to reach and do things that aren't being done, and think about some unique ways to reach the lost. So like. The corn maze that Stephen brought up is a good example. Like, we we quit doing that mainly just because of location and, and volunteers and time. Like, I would I would still do that. Yeah. I, I don't think there was anything philosophically wrong with that, but it did raise a lot of eyebrows because you have a lot of a lot of Christians that were just like shunning anything Halloween, and here we were like just scaring people. And um, and so, but it it enabled us to invite a lot of people to church. But then, like, um, yeah, I think. I think I want to encourage people to kind of think outside the box for ministry and outreach and things that they do to, to reach people that aren't being reached. But, um, but I think, yeah, if you've just got a free for all in your church of, um, of kind of just like, there's no, there's no cohesive effort to reach 
a community or the lost around you, then it can it can just get really messy. And so that's that's why we want to be organized in our approach, but we also want to equip the saints. So like um, ministry is not done by just the pastors of a church, um, but the pastors should be equipping those ministries. So the difference is um, I'm doing things without my pastors knowing versus I'm doing things with my pastors equipping me to do it well. That's um, so that's that's the difference. And, and so I, I want to equip everyone in our church to do ministry because every Christian is a minister of the gospel. Um, but I, but I don't want them to be like rogue vigilantes trying to do ministry on their own. I want them to be doing gospel centered ministry. That's well equipped by the church to be successful. You know how you do a rogue ministry? How? You volunteer to do cards for your church. Yeah. I'm sending them out left and right. You don't know what I'm saying. Who <laughs> I don't I'm sending know what them you're to. saying. It makes it's me nervous. insane. No, I'm kidding. Um, just no. don't sign my name to it. I don't. I just put love your church family. That way, if I say something, if, if I you ever like, got a stamp hey, of my signature, I that would. would be bad news. I would stamp mm. it away. Bom, bom, bom. <laughs> Make sure you include your last name on those letters, because don't don't implicate my Heather. <laughs> I don't put my name. I put love your oh, church, you put church family. family. Also, you implicate us oh, all. You don't even put your own no, name. No, because what if I say something that's offensive? Oh gosh, listen, everyone who's listening, I'm listening the truth to is like offensive. loud country music oh, or man. like Whitney. Yeah. When Joe Diffie died, I was blasting some Joe Diffie and Kenny Rogers. Because it was in the same week, I and I was just like, and do you write their song lyrics into the cards? I hope not. Who knows? I like just write away. Because my wife, when she's when she's writing no something, if I say something to her, she writes it. No wind folding. Jason's like over yelling at me he's like shut up i watch it all right okay. listeners if you've so gotten Steven, sorry greeting cards that say offensive things and it says from your from church Jeremy family Barry. no they're from heather um so <laughs> steven i want to ask you um so just i actually don't know this myself i don't think so tell me like a little bit of background like your church background we've talked jeremy and will and i have talked before like what our background is what is your church background like your history uh i'm a pk i'm a pastor's kid okay um, so I hated church for a long time because of that. Uh, you know, I went to super fundy churches where, you know, I, I was, I had a bunch of rules that I had to keep. I didn't understand the gospel for a long time because of that. Uh, I felt like you, you know, yeah, Jesus died on the cross for me, but I had to do this and this and this to, to stay in line. And I think that's one thing that, that really attracted me to new heights was, my biggest pitch was like my pastor has a tattoo and uh, he's got a lot that's, more tattoos. That's attractional, now. and that he's and that he wears <laughs> jeans. But for me, like I had never, I'd never been to a church where you could wear what you wanted. Yeah, like I always wore a, a tie yeah. every single Sunday, and so I was used to keeping these and keeping these rules, which I guess is like a type of you know like legalism. Yeah, um, you know, which is adding something to the gospel and saying you got to do this and this and this. Um, and so you know, God eventually um, put me on my knees as a thirteen-year-old and, and convicted me uh, of my sin. You know, I'd been baptized when I was five, but I didn't remember it. And then um, whenever I came to New Heights, you know, well, whenever I was 13, I accepted Christ and got down on my knees at midnight. And I asked him to come to my heart and I repented of my sins. Whenever I came to New Heights and did membership uh, way way back when, I think uh, 2013 Mm -hmm. or so, um, you know, you all asked that the members must be baptized believers. And I was like, I don't actually remember being baptized. And mm-hmm. so I got baptized at New Heights as well. Awesome. Yeah. So I, I asked that for a reason because the next question I have, like I know what Will and I would say because we kind of grew up in similar church backgrounds. Um, it sounds like you probably did as well, um, even a little more so being a pastor's kid. Um, knowing the history of where, like your church foundation, 
your, um, you know, your faith foundation. Like, do you, um, knowing the, the very stark difference between like the difference in worship styles, Oh yeah. how would you say that New Heights, um, do you think that, that some will con- would consider it an attractional thing? And if so, then like how much is too much when it comes to like worship and image with that? I'm glad you're sitting over there. Yeah, no pressure, Baker staring right at me. Yeah. Um, no, I, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm from a very traditional background. So, I mean, I'm used to the choir. I'm used to, you know. The, that red the, hymn? The specials. The, the, yeah, that red oh, yeah. hymn book. I mean, specials I are in the blue folder, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, the specials <laughs> are in the blue. And so, I mean, I was I was definitely used to all that. And coming to New Heights singing, you know, these not necessarily hymns, these, you know, um, new Christian songs that I'd never heard before. Um, I never, I'm sure, and I was even talking to my brother about this on, on the way here, um, because I was telling him what I was doing and, um, he goes to a, a more traditional church where they, um, sing as a, as a congregation, they sing as a, as a choir, they've, they've got, you know, hymns and so it's, and they're new age hymns, but they're a little bit different than what we do, um, necessarily in our liturgy, but I wouldn't consider us to be new heights, to be, uh, an attractional in where our focus is off. Um, you know, i I have seen and I have witnessed where, you know, the churches fall prey to trying to make things like we were talking earlier, make things the best possible, like make it the loudest possible, make it, make it perfect, um, you know, sound perfect. And, you know, I think forgetting that we, um, are, we are fallible as humans. We uh, are wrong. And what I love about new heights and, and their worship is, you know, Hey, we're, we don't have it all together. Yeah, but good. man, you you're gonna you're gonna find the gospel not only um, at the beginning, whenever the intro happens, not only in our confession as a church, not only in the songs we sing, not e- not only in the preaching of the word, but every single day during the week. And for me, that's what reminds me that we are not attractional focus and trying to make our worship uh, songs more important than they are because they all point to Jesus. Yeah, um, you know, I've been to several churches, and um, I remember specifically one church growing up um, that had like all these don't lights. Name it. I'm don't not. Name it. I'm not. It's in Logan. Only don't, only Kenny would the know. Details. Jeez. Only Kenny would know it. Um, but I remember like it was this big like performance. Yeah. Like lights. You know, well, it I've almost, had to walk out before. It's, it, it's it, almost it's even hard. seemed like the What's like. What's wrong with lights? We got lights. Well, you know, not like the colored lights, and we know, have colored lights. Lights that come and we blind don't like you in throw that face. spotlight on the baker when it's his turn to sing and flip it around to the drummer when the drummer. Have we ever had fog? No, we've never had fog. No, I've, and I've seen fog. So, um, so I, you know, I've. It's interesting that I, the, you know, that we're talking about that because, you know, you see all those things and. <sighs> Like, people remember that stuff. I remember growing up thinking, like, man, but it all seems so fake. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I'm, and then you're like, is it, is it just me? Yeah. Like, is it my heart or is well, everybody else seeing what I'm seeing? So, again, I'll be devil's advocate a little bit um, since, since Jeremy left. <laughs> but, like, some, like you, you go, like, back 50 years when LED colored lights, you know, didn't exist and whatnot. And, um, so like maybe maybe back then the attractional thing was instead of like just like a wooden pulpit and pews like we're gonna put flowers and plants up on you know on our platform, 
Um, or like sure. revivals. To make tent it look revival. nice. You're going to put yeah. church in a tent? Or tent? Yeah, tent revivals. I still frown at the tent revival. Man, I... Unless it's in a tent, but... <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm, I'm reading um, an autobiography Sorry. of a guy named Peter Cartwright, who was a, who was a um, 18th century uh, revivalist and um, really anti-Calvinistic guy. So like our theology is different, but it's super interesting to hear him talk about how he did ministry, but it was very attractional. Um, but like he didn't have fog machines and lights. And so like, um, I think, I think you can have an element of attractional things. So like making your worship space, your building look nice or look modern even, mm-hmm. I don't think is sinful. Um, and I don't think, I don't think you, even people that do that are misguided in what they're doing. So like, I want our space to look modern and nice. I want our people to feel comfortable when they come in. Um, so especially first time guests, I want first time guests to feel like they can let their guard down. They can be themselves. They can meet somebody. So some of the things that help do that is like get you a, you know, a hot cup of coffee on the way in. And, um, and then if you're self-conscious about singing, like we dim the lights a little bit when we, when we sing. And so some of those things are well thought out, but then they're seen as like a concert. And then, like, why are we trying to be like a rock concert? Well, that's not yeah. what we're trying to do. We're not trying to impress you with anything. Um, we're trying to make, you know, do the best we can to create an environment where you're comfortable to have an encounter with God. And are there people that go way too far with that? Of course. Um, but I don't think every attractional element is wrong. I think sometimes when we see attractional churches, like Jeremy was talking about, like the the one that's like, the one he's probably going to put a link in the notes is like the guy did like a March Madness sermon series. First of all, if you're basing your sermons off of something secular that's not the yeah. Bible, that you're already uh-huh. wrong. Uh-oh. But like he, he like comes out in like a referee shirt and they have like mascots and T-shirt cannons and they, they turn their whole stage into like a basketball court. It's just like, okay, clearly that's too far. That's just stupid. You've just turned it into like a childish game. Mm-hmm. It's disrespecting the Lord's Day. But – um, but but I think sometimes people see that and they're like, oh, well, we're not going to have any element of consumerism in our church, and so we won't have we won't have snacks, we won't have nice facilities, we won't make it look nice. Like there'll be no decorations. It's just the kids don't get goldfish. You know, it's just like it, you can go way too far on either end of this. Yeah. I think sure, and I think ultimately, you know, and we've been saying this, but I think ultimately, it's how can I fulfill the great commission without compromising God's commands. Mm-hmm. You know, so I don't I don't need to as long as I've got the gospel at the forefront and that's where we're going. If 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 something attractional like uh, a corn maze can be used to bring people into church and hear the gospel, amen. Yeah. Um, now if I'm doing it for my own selfish ambition or to be different, like the word of God discerns our hearts and, yeah. the, and the intentions of it. Um, but I think that God can use that um, and vice versa. All right. That's really good, Steve. I've got I like a question. You ready? Yeah. I thought you said you were going to cuss. <laughs> I mean, uh, I'm going to cuss. Earlier, She's usually going to cuss. Um, but please re- restrain yourself. So, how do you feel about um, churches no. who have um, things like a hell house? A what? I, I don't even know what that is. A hell is. house. Y'all have heard of hell house? Judgment house. No, Hell House is in Logan. Hell House? Hell House, is Hell House was in Logan, okay? Oh, and it was this it was this church that it's pretty much Judgment House, okay? Josh Robinson, you, you got go work through. to do. Yeah. 
Yeah, anyway, it, they take you through these different scenes. It's just like Judgment House, only much smaller. And you're in a room this size where like Turn there's somebody on the table about to die. So I want to talk to you about that because I oh have mixed feelings about that because um, it's tapping into people's emotions. Sure. Because they're showing you this scene in this one room of this person who's committed suicide. And the next, the person's gone to hell, being drugged to hell by the demons. And the next, you see little Sally who died um, of of a childhood disease who's up in heaven with her grandma now and stuff like that. Right. So these sort of things, um, I, I realize... Like, I see both sides of it. Like, I see how that could be a great eye-opener for some people who've never been inside the church, may never, ever be inside the church for whatever yeah. reason. However, they have this attractional thing that's considered a play or a skit or right. whatever. And um, it plays into people's emotions. And then my thing is um, some churches go as far as to go ahead and just like wham bam thank you ma'am let's uh baptize you right now tonight without even having a personal conversation with you they're not they're not they're not like following up with these people and creating disciples which is what we've talked about we've talked about this before like these um traveling evangelists who try to set up in different areas and stuff Hmm. i won't mention names i know that's got us in trouble before but or me um but I want to know yeah, what I'm you're all has to answer the emails. Yeah, I know. Thanks in, so. for that. I appreciate it. <laughs> I'm going back there this weekend if if they're planning just to set stop, up. Just let stop, me know. Stop! Stop! I have to um, edit you again. I'll fight them. Don't don't doubt me. Um, so, what are your all thoughts on things like that? All right, here's my thoughts. Um, I think the the error in it is because I think those people are for the most part well intentioned. They they think they're bringing people to Jesus and making a big impact on the lost. I think the error comes in making a long-term decision based on a short-term emotional experience. Yeah. So I, I, this is where I might disagree with Jeremy, who walked out, or you know someone else. But I don't hate the emo- playing on emotions of people in in a short moment. Um, we do that with everything in life. We watch movies. And it, and it and it influences our emotions. We laugh, we cry. Um, I don't know. I'd probably buck you on that. Okay. I mean, I would probably more be, be more toward Jeremy. All right. Well, hang on. Let me, yeah, let me finish I'll, my I'll thought. I'll let, I'll let you be the devil's advocate on this one. So like, so when like when I preach a sermon, for example, I don't want people to just hear it and and process it with their brains. I want them to feel it in their hearts. And so I want I want to create. And and how I craft a sermon, I want to create an emotional roller coaster. I want you to laugh. I want you to be excited to hear it. I want you to love the Word of God. I want you to I want you to be overjoyed when you hear what Jesus did for you because I want to get to the gospel every sermon. I want you to I want you to feel the weight of your sin and feel sadness and grief over that. I want to I want to make all those emotions come to the surface. Now, where I think that that becomes erroneous is if I then do an altar call. And have you commit your life to Jesus and be baptized. And I don't counsel you through that and make you like make you understand what long term discipleship looks like. Then I'm manipulating your emotions from just, you know, my charisma into a commitment that you didn't really make. It was just your emotions. So so I think the error now I wouldn't do a you know, hell house. I, I just think it's probably not, I just think it's friends. probably not that effective. <laughs> it's got a better friends, ring sorry. to it than Judgment House. Yeah, I, some, yeah, um, but I think um, I think you know it's okay to do a play or something that's very emotional. But I think trying to get decisions and on the spot, you know, type. I just I don't like that. I want people to 
be a little more rational in their decision making. So, well, like I was saying, I agree wholeheartedly with you. Yeah. Um, you don't have to. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, like, no, I'm glad I, I heard out your argument because I, I totally agree with that. I, the thing that gets me whenever you first started with the emotions was uh, like going back to my story. The way I heard Jesus and heaven was being at VBS in a room full of other kids and yeah. being asked, do you want to go to hell or heaven when you die? Yeah. That's scary. <laughs> Yeah, you put fear in people. Like, in, I don't yeah. want to go to hell. Raise right. my hand. Right. And, I, and that's all that I had to base it off of. And so for me, like, I'm I'm much more, I don't know, I've got that sixth sense with that uh, emotion part of it because I'm always thinking about that. And I want to make sure that everything I do is in line with Scripture. Mm-hmm. And, you know, exactly what but you like, said. But the Scripture calls calls us to do all things in honesty, right? And so... Because emotions aren't bad. No, no, no. And and so like if if me if 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 like a fear of attractional or emotional manipulation leads me to be like a monotone preacher and I get up and I sound like Ben Stein, good morning, you know, and it's just like then that's not that's not helpful. Yeah. But but I can't be manipulative. And yeah. I, I can't be the guy that like fake cries in the pulpit. Like Have you ever done that? That's BS. I'd like no, you to I've try never old will. will you try this Sunday? No, no. Will you try? <laughs> We do two services, so like, what would be bad is if I fake cry at the same point in both services. Do it at the eleven o'clock, cause I won't be here and I'll have to watch online. Now I have I have gotten emotional (laughs) in my preaching and stuff before, but like, but I just I think you have to be genuine, but I think you can also be very well intentioned and and um and very very methodical in how you present your message and present the word, and it can be it can be an emotional experience. That's okay, but um but I've got to be honest. I've got to be genuine. And so if I'm if I'm being honest and genuine, um, then I'm honoring Scripture. I'm honoring the gospel, and I'm let. I just want people to feel the word, not just hear it, but also actually feel it, like in their guts, like really be impacted. Well, if so you make the coffee, they're definitely feeling it in their guts that day. <laughs> oh let me tell gosh. you. Um, quick question: We talked about manipulation a lot. Do you feel like manipulation, um, especially a church that's trying to to lean more toward attractionalism, do you think that manipulation plays a big part in that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, because, like, everything's built on momentum and hype. And so, so the more we can, like, the more we can convince someone to get baptized. That's why you see a lot of, like, um, like you were talking about revivalists, that, that just, like, everything's, go ahead and be baptized right now. Now we've had people be baptized with with not a lot of thought, but right. there've been people that we we either know or we know who has been ministering and sharing the gospel. Remember, like with back them. in the day, whenever Elevation was like planting baptisms, yeah, yeah, they were just planting. Yeah, Hoping they were like would pop up. Yeah, they were saying like when we call, you guys run down to be baptized, and that will spark you know the desire from other people. That's pretty much what happened. I think that's they I mean, gross. this tub. That is gross. Yeah, it's gross. This tow to water, and they ask people to come and. Yeah. Happens in Huntington and Omar. Right. You're still naming places. We're going to get emails. But, um, but yeah, so everything is built on if we want to get max number of baptisms and butts yeah. in the seat, then we've got, we have to keep hype and momentum. That's the number one thing. And so for that hype and momentum, we've got to have, you know, really powerful testimonies of people who were, you know, the worst of the worst and now they're the best of the best and see transformation and highlight that and build on the emotion and, Keep the train rolling, you know that kind of thing. Keep fueling the in the engine of the train, and um, and that's what leads to pastors and ministry leaders just 
being super gross and compromising yeah. mm-hmm. on honesty. They're not genuine, and it it becomes it becomes a group of charlatans manipulating people for growth, power, money, etc. I think at the end, there's no depth. Right. That. Yeah. There's yeah. no depth, and people people begin to notice that, and they start to feel further and further and further away. Um, and another thing, another thing it leaves out is the opportunity for for emotions that we tend to view as negative, but they're not negative. They're, you know, if Pastor Jeremy's taught us anything, all emotions are good. Um, but emotions like grief and lament and things like that, well, that doesn't help your momentum. So we can't do that. We can't pause to grieve. We can't pause to do that. And so, like, we just train. Mm-hmm. You know, the train just rolls over people that mm-hmm. are in those stages, and that's yeah, not that's healthy good. either. So if we're gonna if we're gonna welcome emotion in, which I think the church should. Then we have to welcome all emotion in, um, the hype and the and the lamenting, and um, that's why the Bible says, you know, rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep. All right, I have one last question. Then, if you guys have any closing thoughts or remarks, you can add those on. Um, going back to the manipulation, um, I think the three of us are probably in the same age range. Um, and growing up the way that we did, we saw a lot of legalism in the church, um, a lot of manipulation, a lot of hurt. Um, there's a lot of people that are probably our age and even the age range underneath us, um, that a lot have walked away from the church because of the hurt and the, the manipulation of it all. So what would you say to somebody who, um, has been hurt, um, who has seen, who has seen the manipulation, and been hurt by a church that truly was just in it for the attractional to get people in. They didn't treat them as as a a beloved daughter or son of Christ, and they didn't disciple them. What would you say to somebody who um, has been hurt by that and walked away from the church? I love you, and I'm sorry that that happened to you. Um, yeah, you know, I get I get this all the time where I work. I work at a cigar lounge where there are so many people that walk in the door. We have conversations, and um, some that go to church, some that don't, and then some that watch people that go to church. And you know, there have been instances where people talk to me about church hurt. They talk yeah. about the the witnesses of these so called Christians, not necessarily at the lounge, but in their life, and they're deterred. They're they're disgusted. And, you know, it's okay to be angry and it's okay to be angry at what God is angry at. And I think it's okay to call sin what sin is. And so I, I do, I do affirm that what they've been through, um, if indeed it was hurtful and it was wrong or it was manipulative or, or whatever scenario that, that it's tragic, but keep your eyes on Jesus. Uh, he's the author and he's the finisher of our faith. And so you truly get to this gospel where, you know, the church is this place for, uh, it's like a hospital. It is for sinners, but that sin cannot go on. As Christians, we are um, called to live like Christ. You know, I was thinking of like, you know, Paul was fighting antinomianism in, in Rome, you know, thinking of how these people were like, forget the law. We don't need the law. We can live how we want because grace abounds. Let's go party. And it's like, no, you're missing it. You're missing it. And so I think Christians, we have been called um, to a higher 
calling. We've been called to walk worthy of the gospel, to live in the gospel. And that's not a checklist. That's accepting that, that Christ died for our sins and he forgives our sins and he declares us righteous every single day. And that should push us into sanctification and progressing in our walk to look more and more like Jesus. And so to that person, I love you. I'm sorry that that happened to you, but put your eyes on Jesus because he is perfect. That's good. All right, Stephen, thank you so much for being on. Um, we will probably have you back in the next year, year or two. I don't know. We'll see. Year or two. We'll see what I'll kind of ratings ready. you bring as in. As long as you send me questions this time, that's all right. Nah, that's, uh, you know, it's only fair that you, the only person <laughs> I send questions to is Olivia, because um, her personality top just can't handle not knowing what's going to be asked. So. Liv and I are kind of like. It's okay. You did great. You did good. Um, Tara listeners, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening.